Yesterday in the Christian calendar was the first Sunday of Advent. And in the Christian understanding, Advent is this time of preparation for the birth of the Lord. And so it's, it's this kind of a magical time in the church. There's, there's a certain amount of focus on penance and you know, preparing oneself, but it's also a very joyful time in a way. And there's, there's just kind of a happy, expectant energy that's associated with Advent. And, and part of Advent is simply about waiting. And so I thought I would just talk about waiting tonight. Just the experience of waiting. Um, the first thing I'll say is that how we wait is a, a very clear edu- indication of our spiritual maturity. And before I even say any more about waiting, I want to talk a little about that idea of spiritual maturity. Um, I think it's, it's, how can I say, um, part of the sickness of Puritanism that, that we have in this culture is that we hear a term like spiritual maturity and we associate it with, must mean perfection, must mean like nonstop Buddha happiness and joy, this kind of thing. Um... And spiritual, spiritual maturity is, um, it's real. It's about, about allowing all of us, um, making space for all of us, including the parts of us that are very immature, that are, you know, that need to process grief or fear or anxiety or be petulant or whatever, you know. And I think the, the way I would frame it is, if I'm spiritually mature, I'm going to give, I'm going to say to any immature part of me that, that needs to move, you know, have the stage, have the microphone, you know, you get to be on the microphone, you get to say whatever, you know, say your bit, say whatever you need to be. But it's understood that, well, this, this part of me is on stage, I'm the director behind the scenes, you know. I'm I'm the one holding the space to allow this this immature part to speak. And I think that's that's the distinction as opposed to, you know, the immature part takes over and you know the you know the toddlers behind the wheel, that kind of thing. So having said that, um how we wait says a lot about our spiritual maturity. And it's an interesting question, you know. How do we wait? What are we like when we're waiting, you know? Do we pay any attention to that? You know, and there's, there's very common prosaic kind of waiting, you know, waiting online at the grocery store, you know, that sort of thing, waiting for the bus. You know, there's, you know, sometimes there's, Sometimes there's a more vulnerable quality to waiting. You know, it's one thing to wait for the plumber to call back. It's another thing to wait for the doctor to call back with test results. You know, that kind of thing. Um, can we be present to the vulnerability of waiting? Can we be present simply to the not knowing of waiting? A lot of times waiting involves not knowing. Um, Jung talked about this this kind of paradox when we're when we're really confronted with the unknown 
Jung says we just project our own unconscious into it. We just, as it were, fill it up with our own unconscious, you know. And it, it's very interesting if you, if you look at, you know, over several occasions when you were faced with the unknown and just look at the, the stories, especially if there was a certain pattern to the stories that came out over and over again. Um, those stories don't necessarily tell you anything about the unknown or what's, what's coming, but they tell you a lot about your unconscious. Um, and it's a hard thing simply to be with the unknown as unknown, you know, simply to wait in the face of the unknown and leave it as unknown. That's a very challenging thing. So these are what I would call, what I've talked about so far, more ordinary kinds of waiting. Um, I'd say that in human life, there's also a kind of archetypal waiting. And in order to introduce that, I'm going to quote Mr. T.S. Eliot. This is a passage from the four quartets of T.S. Eliot. I said to my soul, be still and wait without hope. For hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Wait without love. For love would be love of the wrong thing. And yet there is faith, but the faith and the love and the hope are all in the waiting. Wait without thought, for you are not ready for thought. So the darkness shall be the light and the stillness the dancing. Whisper of running streams and winter lightning, the wild thyme unseen and the wild strawberries, the laughter in the garden, echoed ecstasy, not lost, but requiring pointing to the agony of death and birth. So there's a lot in that, as there, there often is in Eliot. Um, the archetypal waiting of the unknown, in the unknown of human life, you know? I think in some ways, we all have intuitions that who we could be is greater than who we are in the moment. You know, I think that that is a, a deep, almost universal human intuition and conventionally comes out often as stories as, you know, someday I'm going to get my act together. Someday when X happens, when I have that, that promotion or that, that right job or that right relationship, boy, I'm going to have it all together then, you know, this kind of thing. Um, and there's, there's even lots of talk of that in spiritual circles about, you know, someday I'll be, more enlightened, or I'll be more patient, or more wise, or whatever. And what what's funny is, so there's there's that dimension of you know the mind and its stories about what we might be waiting for in life. Um, but also, part of the dimension of archetypal waiting has to do with their, our early childhood and, and ways that we're wounded in early childhood. You know, we come into the world programmed to receive love. We are designed to love and be loved. That is, that is our biological design. Um, 
And we don't always get that. You know, sometimes we get some love. Sometimes we get, you know, we were, you know, hit with somebody else's, you know, insecurities or, you know, we had to put on a mask or whatever. Um, and we weren't just able to be loved. And so there's a part of us, often an infantile pre-verbal part, that is waiting for the love it knows it deserves. You know? And what's very curious is that those early childhood places are often entangled with not only our, our primary attachments in adult life, but also our highest possibilities. You know, and so archetypal waiting touches both the, you might say, the, the, the most noble intuitions we have, as well as the most vulnerable insecurities we have. Um, it, it unites high and low in a way. And the funny thing is, of course, from the point of view of Buddhism, there's nothing that isn't already in the present moment. You know? All my possibilities, whatever possibilities I have, are all with me in the present moment. You know, they're not far off. You know, Buddhahood itself is not far off, according to Buddhism. Um, all healing happens in the present moment also, which is interesting. And so it's, it's a very good question. What, what aspects of ourselves do we think we're waiting for? You know, what kind of permissions in life do we think we're waiting for? Um, and what can we actually discover by going deeper into the present moment? There's a, a one quote that I love. It's not on the quote sheet, but um, one guru said, the mind creates the abyss and the heart crosses it. So I'll pass out the quote sheets. The teacher so always have handouts. <laughs> so I have the TSLA at the top. Oh, and I should also share with the forgot to share with the, the Zoomies to whom I can't give a physical. So there it is, the Zoomies have it. T.S. Eliot at the top, which I won't read again. From Voltaire, we never live, we are always in the expectation of living. From the author Alexander Dumas, all human wisdom is summed up in two words, wait and hope. Papa Walt said, all truths wait in all things. Tolstoy said, everything comes in time to him who knows how to wait. That one is, is tantalizing. Like, what is it? Do I really know how to wait? You know? 
Eden Philpott said, The universe is full of magical things patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. The Zen master Kurosawaki said, If you aren't careful, you'll spend your whole life doing nothing besides waiting for your ordinary person hopes to someday be fulfilled. You know, and that's just so fascinating. Like, what are my ordinary person hopes and how am I stuck on them? Eugene Hergel said, you must learn to wait properly. He's the author of an incredible text, Zen and the Art of Archery. The Catholic bishop, Fulton Sheen, said, patience is power. Patience is not an absence of action, rather it is timing. It waits on the right time to act for the right principles and in the right way. Karlfried Graf Durkheim said, A thousand secrets are hidden in simply sitting still. Joseph Campbell said, You must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. The old skin has to be shed before the new one can come. And I really like that idea of shedding, you know, even it's echoed in Buddhism, even the idea that achieving enlightenment is not something that's added to us from the outside. It's just a shedding and a revealing of something that's already there. The poet R.S. Thomas said, you have to imagine a waiting that is not impatient because because it is timeless. Carlos Castaneda said, all of us, whether or not we are warriors, have a cubic centimeter of chance that pops out in front of our eyes from time to time. The difference between an average man and a warrior is that the warrior is aware of this. One of his tasks is to be alert, deliberately waiting, so that when his cubic centimeter pops out, he has the necessary speed, the prowess, to pick it up. Macrina Whittaker, who's a nun, said, Holiness comes wrapped in the ordinary. There are burning bushes all around you. Every tree is full of angels. Hidden beauty is waiting in every crumb. Life wants to lead you from crumbs to angels, but this can only happen if you're willing to unwrap the ordinary by staying with it long enough to harvest its treasure. Clarissa Pinkle Estes said, All that you are seeking is also seeking you. If you sit still, it will find you. It has been waiting for a long time. Mark Nepo said, The further I wake into life, the more I realize God is everywhere and the extraordinary is waiting quietly beneath the skin of all that is ordinary. Light is both Light is in both the broken bottle and the diamond. Music is in both the flowing violin and the water dripping from the drain pipe. Yes, God is under the porch as well as on top of the mountain. And joy is both in the front row and the bleachers, if you are willing to be where we are. David White, and this was a seminar during the the lockdown period of the pandemic, said, All of us feel as if we're in some kind of emotional or psychological imprisonment, even if it's just at the edges. Some of us feel completely imprisoned and are waiting for the world to go on. Throughout human history, there's been a long chronology of people 
who have been confined and have taken that time actually to come down to another foundation and to emerge from their exile, from their imprisonment, braver and more articulate than they were before they were removed from the world. Kaizen Maizen Miller said, You don't have to wait for happiness because there's no time but now to be happy. You don't have to go somewhere else because there's no place else to find it. You don't have to do something else because there's nothing more to it. You don't have to get something else because everything because everything you already have is enough. You just have to be happy. Jeff Foster said, This moment is not the life is not life waiting to happen, goals waiting to be achieved, words waiting to be spoken, connections waiting to be made, regrets waiting to evaporate, aliveness waiting to be felt, enlightenment waiting to be gained. No, nothing is waiting. This is life. This moment is life. Sabonfo Somme, the healer, said, If we are going to achieve our purpose in life, we must be willing to fall out of grace and accept its lessons. When we feel righteous about ourselves or deny our brokenness, we, we are fighting against the higher states of grace that awaken us, that await us. And Mark and Jill Herringsaw said, When our waiting is intentional, when it signifies surrender to a better plan, a better timeline, a higher calling, then we are waiting with purpose. <laughs>